All right, so this week on The Howl, we're going to step away from our pack prospects that we've been doing recently, and we're going to try something a little different. We've done challenges in the past, whether it be player-centric challenges where you try to build around one specific player. We've also done it where you know you have restrictions, such as you have to trade every, every time a trade is offered, you have to accept it. There are lots of different um, challenges that we have done in the past. This week is no different. So this week, it's going to be an expansion team challenge, and the rules are like this. Uh, the only players you can have on your team are the players you get out of the expansion draft. So anyone you get out of there is fair game to keep uh, as long as you want to. But then after that, uh, the rules are going to be a lot more difficult. The only thing you can grab are second-round picks or undrafted free agents. So no first-round picks, and you can't make any trades for any other players. Um, unless you're trading for a player that that meets that requirement, you know, in the draft, of course. So it's going to be a little difficult to build up a, a pretty solid team. We're definitely not going to have some of the options that we're used to. Uh, so that makes it a little tough. But uh, the good news is, you know, when you have first round picks, for example, you're going to be able to uh, really use those as capital to get second round picks and give you a lot more chances at uh, maybe finding a gem or, or somebody that's maybe going to, be able to contribute right away or at least down the line so we'll see how this ends up working out we are actually at the expansion draft right now uh, so let's take a look there's not a lot of let's not pretend there's a lot of great options here um, but there are some players that jump off the page um, the first guy that i'm going to grab is bull bull out of denver just because in a lot of the simulations that we have done he ends up uh, being pretty good so uh, let's take a look at who else is available and we've been right now what we're doing is we're actually searching uh, using the age as the uh, indicator. So the next guy we're going to grab is Isaac Bonga, just one of my one of the guys I really like. Very young player, uh, only 19 years of age at this point in the simulation. Uh, same with Bull Bull, by the way. Uh, so let's keep going here. Again, searching via age. A player that I really liked, but uh, injuries really caught up to him, and he just never really panned out, was Jonte Porter. Um, so he could be a guy we'd maybe target. Uh, in terms of just good value, uh, 20-year-old and 77 overall, Gary Trent Jr., I think is good, a good matchup, a good guy we can get that can play that shooting guard position and definitely one of the better overall players in terms of age. Uh, fourth pick, let's take a look at who else is available. By the way, the best player technically would be Karis LeVert just in terms of age versus overall. So he would be a guy we could definitely look at. Uh, doesn't make a ton of money, which is good to see. So it might be one of the best options. In fact, uh, looking at the rest of these guys, I, I got to go Karis LeVert. Uh, 25 years of age, 85 overall, definitely one of the better uh, players at that spot. Uh, so let's take a look at, uh, if we search by age yet again, uh, Alan Samaljic is one of the uh, one of the best uh, players available. Uh, Jalen McHugh, player from uh, the Suns, uh, just 19 years of age, but just doesn't really jump off the page all that much, at least for me. Uh, Lugans Dort, a guy I really liked at draft time, but hasn't really panned out. Uh, Timberwolf, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, as well as Timberwolf, Jalen Noel, uh, could be guys we might want to try to you know add into the fold. Uh, the nice thing about a guy like Jared or uh, Jalen Noel, you get very very good three point shooting, and you also have good team control. So you've got him for a number of years if you want to go that route. We've already gotten a, a couple shooting guards though, so it's not necessarily a need. D'Anthony Melton actually. Looks like he's probably one of the best available players still. 21 years of age, 77 overall, is you know a shooting guard, point guard. But that position flexibility should be able to help us quite a bit. So we are going to grab DeAnthony Melton. And he does get pretty good in the simulations we've done. So we're going to grab him. 
Uh, let's take a look at some of the other players that could be potentials. Uh, it'd be nice. We do need to get some sort of a center position player. Uh, let's take a look at the best available centers. Uh, the top guy would be Dwight Howard or Serge Ibaka. Both of those guys aren't going to make a lot of sense for what we're doing. Uh, Marquise Chris, for some reason, is pretty high up. Uh, I'm not going to claim to be a fan of Marquise Chris, but he actually might be one of our better options. Robert Williams uh, is a player that I do actually like and is very interesting, gets pretty good in these simulations. So I think uh, he's going to be a good option. We're going to grab Robert Williams with our next pick. So uh, let's take a look at the draft summary so far. So we've got uh, Bull Bull, and we've also got Robert Williams as kind of our centerpiece, centers, uh, centerpieces. And then you have uh, a few shooting guards, so Karis LeVert, but obviously he can play the two or the three. You have Gary Trent Jr. and DeAnthony Melton. Gary Trent would be your shooting guard. You could play DeAnthony Melton as your starting point guard if you wanted to. But then, of course, we do have Isaac Bonga. Uh, the good thing about Bonga is he's listed as a small forward, power forward, which uh, that's not really what he came into the league uh, looking like. It was going to be, I thought, more of like a, a, a you know, kind of a point guard, small forward, kind of like a, a Denny, Denny Avdia, something like that. But we'll see what ends up happening. We can obviously change what position he defaults to, so that's not a big deal. We can, we can make that change if we want to. Uh, we could uh, probably use some sort of a positional forward, whether it be power forward or uh, small forward. It'd be nice to grab someone that could, could really fit the bill there. Furkan Korkmaz is one of the best options in terms of age. Um, Otto Porter's not bad. Uh, just a 78 overall, and he makes almost $30 million. It's a lot of money for a guy that really doesn't have much of a – I mean, I don't think there's much of a ceiling there. You're, you're kind of stuck with what you get. Uh, Steve McCulloch is another interesting player that jumps off the page. Terrence Ferguson. And, again, these are just players we're looking at in terms of age. So let's not pretend these are finished products or players that you know we think are really good. They're just guys that maybe could help out right, a bit, right away. Uh, Doug McDermott is another pretty good option. In fact, I think uh, that we're going to go with him. I like that three-point shooting. Um, doesn't make a ton of money. I think he's a pretty good option for what we're trying to build. Let's take a look now at the power forward position. So the top guy overall, in terms of the actual overall number, would be uh, Nicolo Melli, uh, the player from New Orleans, but we're going to pass on that. Uh, James Johnson could be interesting. He does make quite a bit of money. So the way this simulation starts off, we're starting off at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season. So... Keep that in mind when we're looking at some of these players and thinking about their contracts. Not a lot of good options in terms of youth at the power forward position. To give you an idea, one of the best youthful players is Justin Jackson. And I'm not, I don't know that most people would consider him to be a power forward. Uh, looking at some of the other guys down the list, you know, Chris Silva is an interesting player. We've had him in the past in some of our simulations. He actually gets pretty good. Uh, let's take a look at some of his specifics to see if he makes a lot of sense. So B- minus for three-point shooting. Uh, not a good defender, interior or outside, but a good good rebounder. An A for rebounding. Uh, 23 years of age, a 72 overall. I mean, that's not, that's not exactly jumping off the page to me, although I think he's got pretty good potential. So that'd be one thing you look at. Uh, Scal Labissiere is another guy that I really, really liked at draft time. He, you know, he didn't really pan out so far, but he's got really good potential. He's got a pretty good jumper. Looking at uh, defense isn't great, but rebounding's decent. I think uh, Scal would be a pretty good option for us. Again, he's not making a lot of money, so we're going to grab Scal. Let's take a look at some of our other options here and uh, see who we actually have uh, available. Let's see. Best available players are still going to be Dwight Howard and Serge Ibaka. But again, you know, that's not really players that we want to look to get. They're not going to really be able to help us much. We could look to get some sort of a veteran point guard. That could make some sense. Um, a lot of the guys that you see at the top of the board, unfortunately, make a lot of money. 
So Reggie Jackson makes a lot of money. Mike Conley. So some of these guys are are players that while they be pretty good fill-ins, they just they just make too much, and that's the tough part. Or maybe they aren't players that you have for a long period of time. You don't have play, you don't have team control. That's a little tough too. Uh, Chris Clemens is probably one of the best youth. Uh, point guards available. Let's take a look at some of his stats. So he's a B plus for three point shooting. Uh, he's a terrible perimeter defender and uh, just a B for potential. Not exactly going to jump off the page. You could grab a guy like Avery Bradley who gives you uh, uh, some decent play. Jordan McLaughlin, uh, the point guard, obviously for the Timberwolves. Let's take a look. What are his statistics? So he's just a B overall as well for potential. So it's tough. Um, maybe one of the better options just in terms of could still grow a little bit, maybe, would be Chris Dunn. Uh, again, the problem with Chris Dunn, of course, is he's already 25 years of age, just a 75 overall. But uh, with Chris Dunn, you're going to get some good, really good perimeter to defense, which is huge, and a good playmaker. Uh, I think uh, given the value and how much he's making, only $5 million for a single season, and you can probably re-sign him pretty cheap, I think he is a pretty good option for us there in round number nine. We're going to keep it going here. Uh, I'm curious now... Let's see some of the players we have so far. Um, a couple small forwards. We have one specifically a power forward, but obviously we we do have some guys that are listed as being able to play that position. But I do think we want to get some more true power forwards. So if we take a look at the positions available, again, Nicolo Melli is still the number one player, but he just doesn't do it for me. I don't think that he really is able to uh, move the needle much. So if we scroll down a little bit, Trey Lyles could be interesting. A pretty good three-point shooter. If we go just right now, we're at power forwards. I'm curious, is there someone that just fits the bill for just a really good interior defender? So Al Farouk Aminu uh, is a very good interior defender. Uh, an okay three-point shooter. But, I mean, really good, really good actually uh, from both uh, interior and exterior uh, defense. And he's going to actually be under contract for three years. Doesn't make a ton of money. I think that's our guy. We're going to go Al Farouk Aminu. Obviously, you have to have some sort of a veteran presence when you are uh, building up your squad. And what we can do is, because it's the start of last season, we can look to make some trades, if possible, uh, for players that are, um, let's see, that would be rookies. So guys that are on rookie contracts, we are able to do that to add them. Uh, the caveat, of course, is going to be they can't be first-round picks, which makes it a little tough. So the list definitely dwindles a bit when you take into account some of the things that we have in place for rules during this challenge. Um, let's go position by position. So uh, viewing the draft summary, we do have one pure point guard, although I think DeAnthony Melton fits the bill there as well, but he's listed as a shooting guard. So point guards, I don't think we're really hurting too much, although we could look to add to that depth. Um, we have two small forwards. We now have two power forwards. So for the most part, we can actually really grab any position that we feel fits what we're trying to build and guys that can hopefully grow with the team. So a guy like Dwight Howard could make some sense just because he's only under contract for one season and he's not making much money. And the other guys that we currently have are a little younger. So uh, he could make some sense. Plus, he's not making a lot of money. So we are going to grab Dwight Howard. Hopefully he can help us out. 82 overall, one of our top players that we have on the entire team. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, Mike Conley could be an interesting grab. But here's the deal with Mike Conley. You know, he's a name, obviously a big name, uh, but 32 years of age, only 79 overall, and he's making $33 million. Now, is he a good? Uh, he actually is a very good perimeter defender, good three-point shooter, and a good playmaker. Honestly, 
I just think given our options, I think it's worth it to grab a guy like him that can solidify that starting lineup. We do have two picks left uh, to get us to the 14 roster spots. Uh, let's take a look at some other players that could make some sense. I'm interested if we sort by players that are actually under contract right now um, and have lengthy deals available to us, that could be a place we could target to try to find guys that could fit the bill. Uh, Shake Milton, uh, I think, is an interesting player. He is six foot five, plays the two and the three, and he's under contract for a long period of time at a very team-friendly deal. We're going to grab him. And then probably a good idea to look to grab somebody that's going to give us a little more uh, size. You know, Serge Ibaka could be interesting just because he can play that four or the five. He's only under contract for one season, though. But an 81 overall, that would give us uh, some time uh, to replace him with uh, some younger players. So we're going to grab him as our last player. And I think we've done a pretty good job just given our limited resources here and given the rules so far. We have lots of room to grow with this team. Let's go position by position. So point guards, we have Mike Conley and Chris Dunn. Shooting guards, we have Karis LeVert, Shake Milton, Gary Trent Jr., and DeAnthony Melton. Small forwards, we have Doug McDermott and Isaac Bonga. Power forwards, Scal Bissier and Al Farouk Aminu. And then centers, we have Dwight Howard, Serge Ibaka, Robert Williams, and Bol Bol. So uh, we've got some things to work with. I, I think we've got a, an interesting team. We're not going to be great in year one. And obviously the tough part is going to be that we can't have first-round picks. And that's what makes this so tough. You're building from undrafted guys. You're building from second-round picks. You're building from, like, two-way prospects. And that's, that, can be, that can be really daunting of a task. So here we are in the uh, free agency pool. And we have uh, a few players that we could look to choose from. Uh, guys like Nikola Mirotic, who obviously isn't really in the league anymore, but he is a name uh, that could help out. You have DeMarcus Cousins that's sitting there at 80 overall. The problem with DeMarcus, of course, is he's injury prone. And, uh, you know, his morale says uneasy. I would argue that that's pretty much what he always is. Uh, an okay in interior defender. They have him as a pretty bad three-point shooter. I mean, I think he's a decent three-point shooter, so I don't know if I would agree there. But the top overall player is Cousins. He is an 80 overall. So let's take a look at guys that would maybe fit the bill for two-way prospects. Are there guys we could add as two-way guys? Um, so if we search by first by age and then we go by overall, uh, are there guys that would maybe be willing to take some deals? Uh, one guy that is possibly available is William Floyd. We have gotten him in the past. Let's see. Is he willing to take a two-way contract? He is. Uh, so he could be an, an interesting option for us. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other guys that could maybe make some sense for two-way deals. Um, you have a guy, let's see here, Billy Preston. We have gotten him in the past on two-way deals, but I don't think in 2K20. Uh, he wants a little more than what we're probably willing to offer, but I believe he's a decent, uh, just a B for potential. So uh, let's not pretend that that guy's jumping off the page necessarily. Um, E.K. Anabogu uh, could be a guy we'd look to maybe grab, but 21 years old, just a 69 uh, overall, that's not exactly what we're looking for, but he is that. That's the youngest player available. Would be a player like him. Now, if we go to negotiate contract, and he does not, he would not even consider a two-way deal. So that's that's unfortunate uh, for us, and it's tough because we do have some cap space, though. That's the thing to keep in mind. And Ek does not want a ton of money. So one of the things we could do is look to grab a guy like that that has a high level of potential. So his potential is an A minus. Uh, and that could be a guy that maybe grows with our team. He's an okay rebounder at a B minus, a B plus for for inside defense, which is good to see. So you do have some some growth there. Uh, not really a great system match. Well, one and a half out of five stars, which 
I'm not going to claim that's going to jump off the page necessarily, but it does give you some options to work with. Let's take a look at some of the other players. Uh, Minnesota's own Shamori Ponds. Um, he would probably take a two-way deal, I think. He is a B- minus for potential, so that I mean, that's not... That's not too bad. When you're looking at guys that are two-way prospects, generally you're not getting guys that are probably going to be you know high-end players. That's the one thing you got to keep in mind. But you can sometimes you know kind of get a steal in a player that has high potential and is still relatively young that can hopefully uh, grow as your team grows. Uh, Justin Patton uh, sounded like an interesting option, but the guy wants wants eleven point one five million dollars. I mean, who's paying you that? Guess what? Nobody's paying you that. Uh, Justin Robinson, a guy I'm not real familiar with, but a B-plus for potential, looks like he might be willing to accept a two-way deal. Um, Who else is on here that uh, could maybe fit the two-way, what we're looking for in terms of a two-way player? Uh, Jordan Bell uh, is 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 decent in terms of a prospect. He gives you um, good inside defense, a B plus overall. But you know, twenty four years of age, seventy six overall. He wants almost nine million a year, uh, quite a bit of money for a guy that probably isn't going to help you out too much. And he and he really probably doesn't have a great ceiling. Uh, former Timberwolf, of course, and I, and I liked having him here, but uh, it just was one of those things that just didn't really work out for us. Um, I'm going to look at Billy Preston. Is he so? Billy Preston, unfortunately, is not willing to accept a two-way deal, which is unfortunate because I do think that a player like that could make some sense. Uh, is he willing to uh, accept like not a lot of money? Is there a, a contract making him? You know, maybe we make him our fifteenth man, and he doesn't make a ton of money, but he can help out. He is listed as a three slash four, so he could make some sense. Although EK is a guy that's probably going to make more sense long term, but we've already got some young prospects that are sitting at that center position. Keep in mind, though, Dwight Howard, as well as our guy, who else do we get? Our other guy is Serge Ibaka, uh, so we have him as well. So these are guys that um, long term aren't going to probably be here. You could get EK Anabogu for four years, $28 million, so about $7 million a year. That's not great considering he is 69 overall right now, but you don't have a ton of options either. This guy right here is 21, 69 overall, but he's an A minus in terms of potential. So I think we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice here and give him that contract and hope that you're able to get him to grow a little bit with your team. And it looks like actually we're able to uh, take some money off, and he'll probably still accept it. So we're gonna see how low we can go. Can we do 20 million? Would he accept 20 million? Nope, twenty million is not enough. So we do have to go higher than that. Uh, the one thing I wish two K would maybe change would be the interest bar. So it starts to drop down a little bit, but it still stays green. And for me, it'd be I think it'd be kind of cool if they could change that. So like once the guy is not really interested, um, like there's no way he'd accept the offer. I think it should get out of the green because to me, green means this is a guy that's probably going to accept whatever offer I would make him. And and in this case, that's that's not true. So we did grab a. Uh, one player, so we got him. We did grab Ikanabogu, and we were also able to grab that guard earlier that fits the bill, that William Floyd. And so we look at some of the other players that are available. I think Shimori Pons could be interesting, a B playmaker. He is a B minus for three point shooting, a B minus though for potential. But he's one of the best players available. I think uh, as a two way prospect, you could do a lot worse. Um, so we'll offer him the two way deal, and we'll see what he says. Uh, he happily accepts. So there you go. And by the way, we are doing this. So we are an expansion team. We went with the Flint Tropics. I mean, let's be honest. Who doesn't love the movie Semi-Pro? Am I right? 
I mean, come on. So uh, we went with the Flint Tropics. Now here's our roster as it sits right now. We did add in uh, just two prospects that are fit at that two-way deal. So that's William Floyd, who is a one and a two. And then Shamori Pons is listed as just a one. All right, so we're just going to leave the roster, I think, as is. We're not going to make any changes, and we'll just kind of go ahead and uh, jump right into it here and take a look and see how this team actually does. I don't know that it's going to be great results, but I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, so we are going to uh, start off this first week with, um, hey, we, we're, we're two, see, two losses, one win. Uh, win against the Jazz, though, not too bad. I guess that's a little bit of a Mike Conley re revenge game as they obviously threw him into the expansion draft and we grabbed him. So uh, we already have a, a trade that's been offered. We have to immediately say no to it, unfortunately. Uh, Montrez Harrell and Roddy Magruder for Dwight Howard and Bull Bull. I would definitely take Montrez Harrell, but he does not fit the requirements of this challenge. Uh, so we're not able to do it. Uh, that's one thing to keep in mind as we're going through. Uh, two and five start. Uh, win against, uh, oh, the Washington Wizards. So I guess an Isaac Bonga revenge game. Uh, kind of interesting there. Let's see. Uh, hey, another win, three and seven. So uh, actually not a terrible start and, uh, and kind of interesting. We did get an offer that almost fits the bill. So Jarrett Culver and Evan Turner for Serge Ibaka and Doug McDermott. Jarrett Culver would be a rookie, but unfortunately he is not in the uh, second round or undrafted. He was obviously a first-round pick, a top-ten pick. So we do have to decline that as well. We're going to take a break here. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl, and we are doing a fun expansion challenge, and we're going to jump ahead to the trade deadline. All right, so taking a look here at what the team has done at the trade deadline, we are 20 and 33, which, all things considered, it's not that bad, uh, considering this roster is uh, a mishmash of not great players, to say the least. Um, you know, a few guys jump off the page, but for the most part, let's not pretend this is some great team. So we have uh, some work to do for sure. And uh, but 20 wins, I mean, in terms of the first season, that's, that's honestly not that bad. Uh, so we're going to jump ahead here and uh, start the second half of the season. Let's take a look. We're not going to do anything at the trade deadline. I just don't. Let's see. Do we want to make some trade offers? Maybe we should. Let's take a look and uh, see if there's guys that maybe we, maybe we just want to move on from. Because at 20 and 33, um, you know, there's not much you're going to do uh, with, the, with some of these older guys especially. That are on these one-year deals. So let's take a look at Dwight Howard. What can Dwight Howard get us? Because if he can get us a first-round pick, we can then turn those first-round picks into second-round picks or potential uh, undrafted players, rookies, um, guys that fit the the criteria for what we have actually have to do in order to um, you know uh, get pretty good here. The one thing we can do, by the way, we can trade for better players and then we just end up having to trade them as well for example we got offered brandon clark i can make that trade i just can't keep him i need to trade him immediately so that's the other thing to consider it'd be nice if there was a trade for just a pick uh, but so far i'm not seeing that everyone wants us to take on players and that's just it gets a little cumbersome just because at that point you know you have a guy that you can't actually use here we go so mike muscala and a, uh, a pick from the Thunder. So we can do that trade. It's a first-round pick. We can then end up trading that pick. We can also just cut Mike Muscala if we want to. Uh, you know, unfortunately, because I, I'm a fan of Mike Muscala. He's from my hometown of Roseville. So that's the unfortunate part with him, but he's got to go. We're going to see what would, a, what would be an offer that we could get for him. It looks like there's 27 teams willing to take him on, and the Hawks actually are willing to take him on for a future first-round pick. So to me, that's easy enough. Let's keep taking a look and see. We've got Serge Ibaka on a one-year deal. 
and I do think he's going to have some value. There's going to be a contender out there, somebody that's probably willing to take him on and, and throw in something that we can use uh, to make this team better down the road because you're not playing for this year. You're not, I mean, that's not realistic. Uh, so that's the one thing we got to keep in mind. Um, other teams have tried to trade for guys like uh, Isaac Bonga, uh, Ike Anabogu. Some teams are targeting. We're, we're not going to move on from them. It just doesn't make sense uh, for what we're building. We could trade Surge in a second for Otto Porter and a first. That's a no-brainer to me. We'll have to trade Otto Porter, of course, or cut him, but that's that's easy enough. Let's take a look. What does Otto Porter get us in another deal? I mean, obviously a pretty solid player, uh, relatively young, which is good to see. We could get Dwayne Dedman in a first, which isn't bad. Uh, looking at some of the other offers, not a lot of draft picks, actually, and really draft picks are the only thing that make a lot of sense. So we're going to grab Dwayne Dedman and a first. We're just going to keep moving along, and we're going to keep making these trades as they come through. Uh, I think this is probably the best way for us to go. I know we can hold on to any of the players we got in the expansion draft, but a lot of them just aren't going to fit the timetable that we're working with, and so it makes a lot of sense to just find other deals that we can make to move on. Uh, We can get Nick Batoon and a second-round pick from Mike Conley. As much as I like Mike Conley, that's a lot of money we'd be paying him for next season, and we want that money to be able to spend on undrafted guys, um, players that we actually have a shot at. Uh, so, And then, again, Nick Batoon on a one-year deal. That should be easy enough to get rid of, although surprisingly it's not uh, because he makes so much money. The good news is we took him on for just a single season, and we got a second-round pick. So if the worst thing is we hold on to him really briefly, I'm not going to be too worried. Uh, we could actually trade Nick Batoon for Ed Davis, but Ed Davis is under contract after this season. And so that's the tough part there. The only caveat would be if Nick Batoon has any sort of a player option. I don't believe that he does. If we go to contract, uh, let's see, no trade clause, he does have a player. It looks like he does have a player option, and that's going to be the tough part. So we definitely have to make this Ed Davis trade because we, we need to get rid of uh, Nick Batoon and that monstrous deal because I'm sure he'd pick it up. And that's the one that you want to make sure you're checking out when you're doing a lot of trades in 2K. Make sure you're checking to see if these players have options or if they have team options. Those are things that are going to make them a little more valuable or a little less valuable uh, depending on the direction your team is trying to go. So now we have Ed Davis, who is much easier to trade. He actually, 22 offers is how many offers we actually have for Ed Davis. Hopefully at least one of them includes a pick. Or, or a player we could use, although that seems unlikely that um, somebody's going to offer us a player from last season. Looks like the best deal would be for a player named Donta Hall. Uh, let's take a look at what he was undrafted uh, this past year, actually. So he would fit the bill. We could actually pick him up. And if he was any good, we could keep him. 22 years of age, 71 overall. So that's not bad. We actually can pick him up and, and actually use him. So that's a pretty solid trade. That's probably the, one of the first trades we've actually had offered where we can pick up a player that we actually have the ability to use. Um, so that's not too shabby. Uh, the one thing we did not do uh, this first season, but we will do it for the rest of the seasons, is turn off injuries. And I noticed that because Al Camino actually dislocated his right patella, and he's out for the season. So that's obviously a pretty big loss and part of the reason why I think our team is doing uh, you know, not as great as we anticipated originally. All right, taking a look at the roster, is there anyone else that makes sense to try to move on from uh, from the current squad of guys? 
You know, there's players like uh, D'Anthony Mountain's only under under contract for one season, but he's young. You want to hold on to him. Uh, Doug McDermott would be a player we could maybe look to move on from, but I think it's nice to have some uh, veteran guys that can actually contribute. You know, he's an A-plus three-point shooter. He doesn't really offer much else, uh, and that's one of the problems is in terms of a skill set, he's pretty uh, much a one-trick pony. That's a little tough. I do think Chris Dunn, despite him not being a great overall, he'll be a pretty good value player for us and a depth piece, so I think I'm going to hold on to him. Uh, Scalabies here, we have him uh, just under one last year. This is his last season. He is not happy. You know what, Scal? I'm pretty sure every team that you've played for is pretty unhappy. You just haven't done a whole lot. Uh, I'm a huge Scal fan, but I just thought his I thought he would his uh, season or his career would go a little differently at this point. So I'm hoping that at a certain point maybe he uh, kind of writes that ship and he finds a way to um, get get productive. He's only, tw- you know, think about this. He's only, what, 22, 23 years of age. So, uh, you know, he's got time, obviously, but it, a lot of it depends on do you have a team that's willing to uh, jump on and take that chance with you. A good example of that is Shabazz Muhammad, a young player uh, when he left the league, and he still has not come back. And he went over to China, dominated. Now, again, the China League is very different than the league here in the NBA. It's it's even different than, let's say, EuroLeague. Some of the leagues outside of the United States just aren't as high-end as what you see in the NBA. All right, so we do have a trade that was offered. I think that adds some clarification here. We could trade Dwayne Dedman and a second for Javon Carter. Now, we're going to do that. Now, Javon Carter was a second-round pick, but he's not a rookie, and so we are sticking with rookie players. Uh, you can't grab guys... Um, that are in like you know later in their career just because they were drafted in the second round it doesn't work that way so just for a clarification sake just to make sure everyone understands that portion of the challenge so now we do have Javon Carter we do need to trade him the nice thing is he has one year 1.4 million dollars that's it Dwayne Devin had quite a bit of money that we had to try to get off the books if we were going to keep him and so this uh, is a better option for us unfortunately we still aren't getting any offers for players that kind of fit what we can actually add to our team, which is a little unfortunate. Most of the guys are going to be a more veteran-laden players. We can get uh, Yogi Ferrell in a second-round pick from the Kings, which I think is worth it. Again, we can't keep Yogi Ferrell, but that's all right. At least it gives us some flexibility, and it's and our roster is starting to shape up, I think, pretty well, just in terms of guys that we know we want to hold on to more of a long-term, which I think is really the, the whole benefit here of this second round, or of this uh, trade deadline, I should say and what we're able to uh, accomplish with some of our players here. So it looks like a lot of the stuff we're being offered is players that are... I mean, the, the only youth we're getting... Someone tried to send us Dwayne Dedman back, which is not going to happen. Uh, we do have Jalen Noel, actually, of the Timberwolves. We can actually make that trade and keep him because he was a second-round pick. So that actually fits the bill for us. All right, so we traded for Jalen Noel. Let's take a look at the roster now. So we have Chris Dunn is our actually only point guard other than our two-way prospects, William Floyd and Shamori Pons are the other players that fit the bill. All right, so uh, moving on to the shooting guards position, we have Karis LeVert, Gary Trent Jr., DeAnthony Melton, who can play some point guard as well, probably is our backup. You then have Shake Milton and, of course, Jalen Noel, who we just traded for. Our small forwards, Doug McDermott and Isaac Bonga. It's goofy. Isaac Bonga, when we drafted him, is listed as a point guard, but then he changes for some reason to a small forward power forward. And then you have power forward Scalabissier, Donta Hall, who we just picked up, and then our guy uh, Al Fucumino, who is out for the season because we forgot to turn off injuries. And then centers Robert Williams, Bol Bol, and E.K. Anabogu. So uh, a pretty interesting squad. I'm curious. We have one, two, three, four, five, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
11, nope, those guys don't count. So 11, 12, uh, 13. We do have 14 players, so we are at the, actually at the, the, the minimum. Uh, sometimes if you make a bunch of trades at the deadline, if you don't pay attention, sometimes you, you get a little behind the, uh, the curve here. Uh, let's see if there's anyone that makes sense to try to grab that's actually uh, a youth, a young player, or someone that would make some sense that actually fits the criteria. It looks like most of the guys that are out there are going to be guys that aren't first-year players and really may probably aren't really worth it. And so we're going to actually pass on that and just wait for the draft to make any more moves. And so we will jump ahead uh, to the end of the season, see how the team did, and go from there. You're listening to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. We are all basketball all the time, and this is the Howell Timberwolves Radio. All right, so season one is in the books. Let's take a look at uh, the superlatives and our record. So Anthony Davis is your MVP. Actually, don't see that too often. Kind of interesting. You have Rookie of the Year, John Rant. Uh, don't see that very often either. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is your sixth man of the year. Uh, these are all really strange. I don't know that I've ever seen these. Uh, defensive player of the year is Kawhi Leonard. That happens. Uh, most improved is our guy, Karis Levert. Uh, very cool to see one of our guys make that list. Mike Budenholzer is your coach of the year. We finished at 32-50, and 50, which I got to say, that's pretty good, all things considered. I think, I think we did a pretty good job, given we made a ton of changes. I wasn't sure if we'd get many wins after that first uh, 20. When we started the second half of the season to get 12 wins, I'm, I got to say I'm pretty happy about that. I think things could have gone a lot worse. So very fortunate there. And I think we've got a, a nice base as far as this team is concerned uh, to go ahead. And the big thing is going to be this first offseason. We've got to obviously really hit on those second-round picks. That's going to be crucial to being able to build uh, what we have. Obviously making some trades. The nice thing you run into in 2K20 is uh, teams understand, obviously, that a first-round pick is way more valuable. So you can get a lot of second-round picks for a first-round pick. So if you target those early second-round picks, so you know the worst team in the league, second-worst team, so on and so forth, uh, they're more than willing to throw picks at you if you're going to throw a first-round pick at them. And we're going to be in the lottery, obviously, so we're going to have a pretty good pick that's going to get us uh, to that next level, which is cool to see. So let's uh, take a look here at uh, the winner of the, let's see, 76ers ended up being the winners of this year's uh, finals. They actually beat the Lakers four games to two. Uh, let's take a look at the league meeting, see if anything pops up there. I don't think it will. Uh, they do have a, they changed to the bonus. We're going to reject that. We did already make one change um, to the rules, and that was just uh, players are now eligible for the uh, NBA draft once they reach 18 years of age. That tends to uh, be the best uh, format that we've seen when we do these challenges. You get younger players, and it makes it a little simpler when you're doing some of these kind of crazy challenges to get players that can grow into something when they start off at 18. You know, a guy that's 18 years old and a 71, a guy that's 23 and a 71, obviously a big difference in terms of what their ceiling is going to be. All right, so here's the draft lottery. We are looking at, let's take a look. We actually have chance at a couple picks. So we were the fourth worst team in the league. And we, oof, we dropped oh, just one. So we dropped just one spot. And then we do have another later pick. So we have pick number five and pick number 13 that we're going to be able to use in trade bait. So we'll go through, make some trades, and then come back right around the NBA draft and go from there. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. All right, so we made a number of trades, and now we're looking at actually uh, an interesting uh, scenario. We have picks one, two, three, and four in the second round, which I think is going to uh, really be able to add to our draft class nicely. So 
The top player available looks like would be Daniel Arturo, Minnesota's own Daniel Arturo. So, I, I mean, I definitely think he could be a really good option for us if we want to go that route. He is the best overall player, it looks like, in terms of rating. And he's only 20 years of age, uh, 6'10", 7'7", wingspan. Uh, a very solid player, actually. He's probably going to go in that uh, late first, early second round. So this would actually be probably right around where he's going to go. Uh, one of the other players they recommend would be Udoka Azabuki. Uh, the problem with these guys is they're all centers. So you need a little bit more of a flexibility. There are some guys that jump off the page for me that I've seen in drafts that are pretty good. There's Jim Agatwich. And what's cool about him is 18 years of age, uh, his overall I don't think is very high. But the big difference is, last I checked, his potential is like an, it might be an A+. Plus. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see. So I think those are going to be some good options for us. So we'll start off with, we'll grab Daniel Oturo, obviously uh, one of the Minnesota Gophers and from Minnesota. So very cool to be able to grab him. They say Daniel Oturo proved he was the nation's best rim protector at Minnesota last season, averaging 4.7 blocks per contest. He will be an immediate asset for the tropics. I don't think that's actually true. Um, <laughs> that's what they have it listed as, but I do not actually think that is true. Um, we have a number of offers for our pick. We're just going to turn them down just because we don't really have uh, the benefit of doing things like that. We really just need to grab players. Uh, so let's take a look at who else uh, we want to kind of go after. So, again, if we go by overall, actually, if we go by age, uh, that's a good uh, opportunity for us to uh, to see who we can actually grab here. And there's a number of prospects that will probably help out pretty quickly. Uh, so this challenge, while it is difficult, there are some options that you do get in this first draft class, uh, the 2020 draft class. All right, so the next guy we grabbed is uh, Jim Agotwich. Uh Crazy thing about him is six foot four, just 18 years of age. He is 170 pounds, but a, over a seven foot wingspan. Seven foot two is what they have him listed at. They say. I know Gatwich has to be pretty disappointed to fall into the second round, but I really feel like the Tropics organization is one that will give him the best opportunity to succeed. So uh, I think that's a pretty good prospect for us there. Part of the thing we're trying to do here is grab players that are going to be able to uh, not only help out right away, but you know we don't want to get all the same positions uh, each time. Uh, the next best player it looks like is probably going to be Chris Smith. Uh, what's cool about him is a small forward, 6'8", with a 7'5", wingspan. So a really good physical player in terms of uh, what he brings to the table, length, height. We're going to grab him. And this kind of, I think, is setting us up quite nicely. Uh, they say, I interviewed Chris Smith in the days leading up to the draft. After the career he had at UCLA, he fully expected to go in the first round. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. For anyone that doesn't play 2K20, I will say, generally, most of the things that you see from them uh, on those lists when they uh, you know, talk about the prospects, they're usually pretty, uh, pretty forgiving, let's say that. Let's take a look at how the actual team so far is looking up. So we go by team needs. Uh, if we can go by position. So we only have one point guard, so it might not be a bad idea to grab a point guard. They have Ashton Haggins, uh, who is a, an interesting player out of Kentucky, who actually in the real draft I think could be an interesting player uh, for teams to target in that second round. Uh, looks like we do have um, some shooting guards. That's not too big a deal. We look at the actually we have a lot of shooting guards. Way <laughs> I would actually probably argue we have too many shooting guards. Although D'Anthony Melton, we do have to re-sign him. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. got really good, so we do have uh, Shake Milton could be the I think you know Shake Milton could be the odd man out for me. Just looking at kind of his skill set, looking at uh, Jalen, you know I like Jalen Noel and he's actually a Timberwolf, so I think it would be kind of nice to be able to make him work on this team. Shake Milton's probably going to be our best option. You know, he's uh, 78 overall, which is great, but uh, 23 years of age. 
not exactly ideal. And I think what we might be able to do is actually probably get some decent draft picks for him. So if we take him, add him into a trade, so shake Milton, and then we grab, let's see who has the next pick in the draft. Let's see who has that fifth pick in the second round. If we can grab that, that just uh, gives us a nice little added bonus here. And actually the team that has the the that pick also has the sixth pick and the ninth pick. Would they trade all three of those for our, and they would. There you go. Just like that, three more picks in this draft in the second round. So we're really going to be able to go all in here, which is cool to see. And we can always make some trades for future guys if we want to. So let's take a look at who makes sense off this list. Uh, we talked about Ashton Hagen, and I, I do think he makes a lot of sense. One of the best players available. 6'3", six, 6'7", six, wingspan, so that's not bad. I think that's going to be the direction we're going to go here. We'll grab Ashton Hagen. I know we've used him in other simulations, and he's worked out pretty good. Uh, they say an absolute pit bull on the defensive end of the court. Hagen is widely believed to be the best perimeter defender available. Uh, not in the draft, obviously, but just at this stage. And that makes sense. I think he's a pretty solid player. Let's take a look if there's any other positions that we specifically want to target. So, again, we're, we're pretty set. I think we got a couple point guards now. Shooting guards, we have more than enough shooting guards. You have small forwards, Doug McDermott, Isaac Bonga, technically, I guess. Uh, we could look to move on from Doug McDermott if we wanted to, but I think it's good to have some sort of a veteran presence, plus he can play multiple positions. We are going to be losing uh, power forward. Scali Bissier has said there's no way he would re-sign. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu is under contract, but I just don't know that he really fits our timetable. So I think he would be another guy we could look to probably trade and maybe grab some future second-round picks if we can. I think that's probably the direction we're going to go in. So let's take a look what we can get for him. So if you grab uh, Al Farouk Aminu, and we'll take a look at... Uh, now, we're not doing trade finder. We're actually going to propose trades because that way you can actually target the specific things that we're looking for in the draft. So if we take a look at some of the teams that maybe aren't, weren't as good this year, there's a team like, uh, let's see here, the Spurs didn't have a great season. You have the, oh, the Timberwolves, but that's probably going to change because they had some, some extra picks. We are the Tropics, of course, so we had a, a, decent, uh, a decent pick early on. Let's see, the Pelicans were uh, Pelicans have, were one of the teams that we could probably look to target. Uh, they also The Pelicans actually have a number of picks next season. And so I'm curious if we can get all of these second-round picks that they have. This could work out pretty good. So we're looking at uh, three second-round picks, and we don't actually have to take anything back. And I'm going to even additionally try to get, it uh, looks like they have some 2022 second-round picks as well. And so we'll see if we can get any of those picks in addition. And uh, their counter is, what is their counter? Uh, their counter would be us giving them, all right, so here, it'd be Al Camino and our unprotected pick in 2024, and we get six second-round picks. Uh, given the rules of this, uh, given the rules of this uh, game, I do think that's definitely worth it. And now we do know, by the way, we 100% need to target someone that's going to be able to play the power forward position. Now, Asabuki is an interesting player because he is listed as a center and a power forward. We could use him both places. He's definitely the best player available. Another player, well, Armando Bacot is available, but they do not have him listed as power forward. So he is just listed as the center position. So that's not going to make a lot of sense for us and what we're trying to build here. Uh, an interesting player, too, could be Khalil Whitney uh, is the... 
one of the better players in terms of rank, but also just 18 years of age, six foot seven, seven three wingspan. So he kind of fits that build we're going with as well. I know a player that a lot of people that I've seen covering the draft, Tyler Bay is still available, and he's a player a lot of people like. Uh, looking at the list, there's not a lot of great power forwards. I actually, actually search for power forwards and see if anyone jumps off the list uh, that could be a guy that could maybe grow into something. Looks like uh, not a lot of height. Uh, some decent wingspans, though, on some of these power forwards. Not a lot to work with, though, as far as I can tell. All right, I think we figured out the perfect player for this roster. We're going with guys that are obviously physical in terms of just their length and their height. We have uh, Darnell Long, a C overall, which isn't ideal necessarily, but 19 years of age, 7 feet tall, 7 foot 7 for a power forward. I got to say, I think that's pretty good. So we've had a pretty good uh, draft so far. We've still got a number of picks. Let's take a look. So, so far we have drafted one, two, three, four, five guys. So I think it's a good idea. And actually, we've drafted a center, a shooting guard, a small forward, a point guard, and a power forward. Let's take a look at the actual roster and see if that fits the amount of players that we actually have. So right now we have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We have fourteen guys, but we are going to be losing some of those players uh, potentially. So do we want to look at the team. A guy like Doug McDermott. Do we maybe move on from him so we can bring on this rookie? Might not be a bad idea just because we're not going to be competing next season. That's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, we did just re-sign Chris Dunn to a four-year deal. Pretty minimum. He makes about $8 million a year, which isn't bad for the skill set he's giving you. And he's your only point guard right now. So, I mean, it's pretty important that you have him. Obviously, Scalabizier is going to be gone. So right there, that's three. So do we have two more roster spots that are going to be open? The other thing to keep in mind is we do have our two-way prospects, William Floyd and Shamori Pons. I do think ultimately we probably let those guys go, but they are not counted on the current uh, amount of players. We then have Donta Hall was the player we got in one of those trades. 22 years of age, 71 overall. We'll probably let him go. I just don't think he makes a lot of sense. And then we do have Jalen Noel. Uh, could make some sense to keep him. I guess we'll see. He's under contract, which is nice. So I think ultimately what we're probably going to make the most sense would be to trade the rest of our picks. We have uh, pick 6, pick 9, pick 25, and pick 31. So we do have some options as far as uh, future picks are concerned if we trade these. So we should be able to get a pretty good haul for these picks. So if we take pick number 6, and then let's go to... Uh, so this would be New Orleans pick, actually. We already uh, got a number of picks from them, so that's one thing to consider. The Knicks, by the way, were the worst team, I believe, this year in the NBA. So if we go to the Knicks and we say, hey, what do you think about trading us your next year's... Oh, they don't even have their next year's pick, which is pretty ridiculous. They're bad, and they don't have their picks. Let's take a look who does. Uh, who has the Knicks pick for last season? Would it make some sense for us to look to trade with that team? Uh, that could be interesting. We do have... So this would be 2021 picks. How about this? The Blazers and the Ma so the Grizzlies, I should say, have the Blazers and the Mavericks picks. Uh, those picks might not be super high necessarily, but if you can get uh, a couple picks in one swing, it's not too bad. And then if we could get some future picks uh, from the Grizzlies, you know, maybe the Grizzlies don't make the jump most people think they're going to long term. Would that make some sense? It looks like uh, oh, they're not willing to do a, a pick this year for three or sorry, for four later picks, but uh, we're really close to getting it done. Let's see. We remove all these ones that they're trying to offer. How about just a two-for-one? Would they do a two-for-one? Oh, they wouldn't even do that. It's pretty surprising. So let's move this one. 
a lot of it's just kind of a, a trial and error, seeing what the team is willing to accept, what they're not willing to accept. That's going to be kind of the big part of it. And, uh, wow, they're just not willing to budge. Uh, so it looks like that's not going to be the best option for us because the two picks we would have gotten in that trade would not have been high-end second-round picks. And at that point, I mean, it's really just not worth it. Uh, the Bulls, by the way, have a pretty looks like a pretty valuable pick next year where they can actually swap with the Pelicans, another team that has struggled this season. So that could make some sense, actually. The Bulls also have our future pick. So this might be one of those things where we maybe find a way to get a deal done that includes getting our pick back in 2022. Uh, that's going to be pretty important, I think. So if we say, let's make this trade, they do say no to it, unfortunately. But I think we've got some other options in terms of adding to it. So right now we gave them pick six. What if we add in pick number nine? Uh, pick number nine does not get it done. But if we include a 2020 Golden State second rounder, uh, which is, uh, so it's, I guess, this year's second rounder, it's not worth really anything to us. We get all those picks, we get that pick back, plus we get those other high-end second round picks for the future. To me, it's definitely worth it, and that's an easy yes for me. So that uh, that's pretty solid. And all we have left now, looking at our actual, we have one pick, which is pick 31. Uh, no one really wants that pick. So it might be one of those things, let's just see, let's see who Mr. Irrelevant is in this draft. I think it's worth it to see uh, if there's a player we could gra grab. Plus, it's kind of a fun challenge in itself. Can you take Mr. Irrelevant and make him into something special or make him even into just a decent player? Uh, it's not easy. We've tried it before, and I think it's worth trying yet again. So we went with a European prospect from Romania, 7 foot and then a 7-8 wingspan, Liviu Paunescu, a center. Uh, why not? And they say, at this point in the draft, it is very rare that I criticize a pick. I like this one for the Tropics, as they can wait to bring him over to the NBA should he ever develop into a worthy player. So I think that's worth it, and that's a good pick for Mr. Irrelevant. So that does it for that draft class. We did sign everybody. Uh, the game was like, probably decline all of these, but we obviously don't have a choice in this instance. But ultimately, a lot of the players were pretty good, too. It seems like the game pretty standardly tries to get you to move on from players that are in the second round, no matter how good they are. Daniel Otero, for example, was a 77 overall. He automatically becomes one of our be the best players on our team, and they're still like, maybe you should move on from this guy, which obviously doesn't make sense in this instance. So we'll go through free agency, and then we'll uh, see if there's any more moves to make, and we'll come back at you at the start of the next season. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We are all basketball all the time. All right, so let me start by saying I'm not going to predict this is going to be a good team here in year number two, but it could be a fun team. I think it's a team that's worth watching. So point guards, we have Chris Dunn, Ashton Hagen, and Darren Hilliard is our two-way prospect. We then have shooting guards Karis LeVert, DeAnthony Melton, Gary Trent Jr., Jalen Noel, and then our rookie Jim Gatwich. We then have small forwards Doug McDermott, Isaac Bonga, and Chris Smith. Flint Tropics, of course, are the team. And our power forwards, we have Darnell Long, and then we have two-way prospect Edmund Singleton. So we don't exactly have a lot of options at the power forward position, but we have a bunch of centers. And um, unfortunately, the problem we run to at the center position, we only have one that actually is listed as playing both positions, and that's our European prospect. So he actually can't even help. So the key for us is going to be, do we want to find one of these players to possibly make them into a power forward. We can change their position and see if uh, we can use them at both slots. So the guy that probably jumps off the page to me that could possibly do it would be Bull Bull. Not because of his size, of course, but 
Uh, the reason I look at him is just given that the fact that he can shoot three-point shots. So he could be a guy that could maybe you know help out a little bit. And if you look at some of the other players, uh, Daniel Oturo would be another one we could maybe use at that power forward spot just because they have him listed as an okay three-point shooter. He hasn't necessarily shown that in real life, but as far as uh, the draft class in this specific example, they did have him set up that way. So he would make some sense too. And I think given his lack of size... Uh, he could make some sense. So if we transfer, uh, you know, looking at this roster, I do think that's the best way to go. Daniel Oturo probably would make some sense at that power forward spot. So we're going to actually go ahead, and you can actually do quick edits on players, and you can change what position they're listed at. And so in this case, we're going to have him listed as a power forward. That's Daniel Oturo, that is. And if we actually list him as a power forward, he actually shoots up to, that's not a joke, 82 so he becomes a much better player. So that was absolutely worth it. In fact, overall, he is now our number one player at an 82 overall. So we've switched him to that power forward position. Six foot ten, he can very well play that, and he's. Good. I think he's going to fit in pretty good. Uh, we did use one of our training camps on him, so I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of roster makeup. And uh, given who we're working with, he's probably the most qualified uh, to add to that power forward position. So we'll jump ahead now. We're going to the trade deadline, and we'll see how the team does. Um, you know, while we're going through this trade deadline portion and uh, starting up this season, there's definitely some storylines in the NBA we want to touch on, uh, starting with, uh, for anyone that isn't aware, all right, so this from Keith Smith. Per Walt Disney World sources, Disney and the NBA have agreed that Disney's Coronado Springs Resort is likely to be the primary host resort for the NBA when they resume the season. Sources say an agreement may be reached this week, which will allow preparations to move quickly. For anyone that does not follow Keith, definitely worth a follow on Twitter, at KeithSmithMBA. And uh, he goes on, Coronado Springs has over 2,000 hotel rooms between their campus-style buildings and the 15-story Grand Destino Tower. It all surrounds a contained lake with pools, boating, and walking-slash-jogging paths. In addition, the property has over 220,000 square feet of convention space attached. So obviously, based on what you're, based on the specifics of that resort, it makes a lot of sense. They say other Walt Disney World resorts remain under consideration to host the NBA, but Coronado Springs offers the best package of rooms, resources, and proximity to the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Still a possibility that multiple resorts are used for the NBA uh, per Walt Disney World sources. So if you think about it, some of those things that are pretty important if you're going to maintain that bubble effect is going to be, of course, uh, having something that's very close to the sporting uh, facilities. So keep that in mind. Uh, Very interesting there. Uh, But like he says, uh, someone asked this question, do you know if it's the smaller resort buildings and the Grand Destino Tower? And Keith says, it's the entire resort, from my understanding. Grand Destino Tower doesn't have enough rooms on its own. I believe it has just over 500 rooms. If you think about that, just as an example, if every team brings the, I believe they're allowed to bring 35, I think is the number of uh, like staff and players and whatnot each team can bring. 10 teams put you at 350. Puts that into perspective that obviously 500 would not be enough. Now, one interesting thing of note uh, from Adrian Waj Narowski yesterday, he says small market teams are urging the NBA to include the entire league in the restart. They say near the end of the NBA's Board of Governors call on Friday, Thunder owner Clay Bennett delivered an impassioned soliloquy on why the league and owners needed to consider the competitive and financial plights of smaller market teams that could be left out of the summer's or the season's summer resumption in Orlando, Florida, and the potential symbolic power of all 30 teams gathering there to play as one united association. 
As the NBA moves toward a plan of inviting 22 teams to restart a truncated season in late July, sources told ESPN, Bennett spoke of exhausting ways to accommodate non-playoff teams still wanting to play. He wondered, was there a way to safely bring back all 30 teams? The inequities facing smaller markets had to shape the league's thinking, Bennett suggested. Nine months without games, March to December, could have an impact on developing players, cultivating sponsorships, and selling tickets in markets where franchises struggle to gain a hold. You know, you think about this, for the Timberwolves, they have had issues in the past in terms of being able to get ticket holders. I myself have been a ticket holder for a very long time. This past season, I did drop out just because it wasn't beneficial to me. I would not have been able to go to enough games uh, just given that I have a you know, one-year-old at my house right now. And so it just wasn't feasible. Now, going into next season, I actually am getting back into season ticket holder. We have a a few of us, me and Kevin and some other people, are actually getting season tickets, or we did already get them. Of course, who knows what's going to happen in terms of season length, when it's going to start. There's lots of question marks in the air as far as next NBA season goes, but the Wolves are one of those teams that have had issues. On top of that, though, you have these teams that aren't playing for anything. You have Damian Lillard is a good example, a player that said, if our team comes back to play, these are games that are meaningless, I'm not going to play. I understand that side of the coin as well. So we'll see which direction the NBA ends up going. Uh, But definitely some interesting things and some interesting storylines to watch for going forward. We are about to hit the trade deadline now here in the simulation. And taking a look, the uh, team is 20 and 30. We've won uh, three games in the past two weeks. So 3 and 3, 500 is not terrible. 20 and 31. We're actually right around the same record we were last season. So keep that in mind as you're looking ahead. Let's take a look at the roster. So Daniel Oturo is irritated, probably because the team's not good. Uh, Karis LeVert is gratified. So I don't know what Oturo's issue is. I'm assuming he's the starting power forward. Um, Gary Trent Jr. is satisfied. Doug McDermott is discouraged. Uh, D'Anthony Melton is fine. Not too many people are happy. Let's put that into perspective. Again, if you were on this team, you probably wouldn't be that happy. Uh, Chris Dunn's pretty happy with his four-year, $32 million contract. He says he's pleased. I don't see uh, irked. Jalen Noel is irked. Jalen Noel, you're 21 years old. You're a 74 overall. Calm down. Ashton Hagen is unsatisfied. Uh, Chris Smith is disturbed. So our players are not happy. I think that's one thing we can definitely uh, see here. Well, our, our Darnell Long, our rookie, he is fed up. The dude is a 64 overall, and he's fed up. I mean, come on. You're worse than our two-way players. Uh, very ridiculous, if you ask me. Uh, let's take a look. Normally, when we do these um, when we do these simulations, one thing we've started to do at least is turning off the uh, the issues as far as um, player morale, things like that. I don't know for sure if we actually did that on this one. Uh, it's one thing to take a look at, just because, and we did not. So I am going to turn that off. That that tends to be overblown as far as two K twenty is concerned. I thought it was a little more realistic on the previous games. And again, you can change these sliders to whatever you want. So it's it's not like you're sitting here and 2K doesn't give you an option to change that. They do. And we just kind of turn it off just because doing some of these simulations, uh, it makes it a little more difficult uh, to get guys on the same page. So here we are at the trade deadline. There's not really anything that makes a ton of sense as far as trading at this point because even if we have our first-round picks, it doesn't make sense to trade those picks just given the fact that we're, we're not ready. You don't know who's going to finish where, and you want to be able to use picks to get just the top picks in that second round. So that kind of puts you at a, at a spot. Um, Karis LeVert is gratified. Uh, you look at some of these other guys, obviously some people are a little angry. 
Uh, let's take a look at the coaching game plan. What does our coach have as far as the starters? So we're going Chris Dunn, Karis LeVert, Doug McDermott, Daniel Arturo, and Bull Bull. Um, and then you have your sixth man would be DeAnthony Melton, uh, Gary Trent Jr. So our, our, our two guys off the bench that are getting the most minutes are actually both shooting guards. Uh, so that's interesting. Robert Williams is the next guy off the bench. And then uh, Bonga uh, and Ike Anabogu is getting some minutes, but not a ton. Uh, the, the interesting thing, you know, Anabogu probably is a guy that we're, we aren't taking advantage of, uh, given we gave him a long-term contract. So it might be someone that we look to maybe move on from. Let's take a look at where he is at uh, in terms of development. So if we actually go oldest to youngest, um, Robert Williams is a 77 overall. He's 23, but we do still have him under contract for a little while. So not necessarily a reason to move on from him. Uh, Ikanabogu is up to a 74, uh, 22 years of age. Taking a look, his potential is listed at a B plus. We did not make the decision uh, to move him into a training camp. So he was not able to increase that potential. And uh, Robert Williams, the nice thing about him is he already has that potential. It's a little higher. So ultimately, I don't think there's anything we need to make a move for there. We could move a guy like uh, Doug McDermott or Karis LeVert, but they're two of our better players, and I don't want to totally tank. You, you do want to win some games here. At a certain point, losing isn't going to get you anything, especially given in this challenge we can't even use our first-round picks. So uh, one other thing to keep in mind. You know, it's funny, our rookie, uh, Darnell Long, uh, one of our late picks, he says, I'm done with Flint. I'll be moving on to a new team after the season. No, you won't, actually. You're a rookie, and you're going to be a restricted free agent, so you don't really have a choice. The one thing you'll also see about some of these guys, they get kind of fed up with some of this stuff, but eventually, if you win, they stay. I mean, they do. Uh, but if you look at, at go down the list, uh, Gary Trent Jr. will not re-sign. Doug McDermott will not re-sign. Robert Williams will not re-sign. So, for the most part, um, I mean, no shock. Losing makes teams not or players not want to stay on your team. So that's not exactly shocking. But that's all right. You know, you move on, and eventually you kind of start taking those next steps. We've never done this challenge before, so I will say we have no way to know if it's actually going to work. Is it going to? Are we going to be successful with this format? Is it possible? I do think it's possible. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about yet, but that we did do, is we did alter all of the staff members to be top of the line. So we're talking your trainer is top of the line, so that way you get four training camps. You have um, not the not like A plus A plus head coach and assistant, but um, head coach is a specialist. So offensively. And then defensively, you have a specialist as well, very similar to what the actual Wolves have in uh, Vanterpool and Saunders. All right, so as we hit March, we are 21-35. and 35. Uh, Let's not pretend this is a, a good team at this stage. we got a lot of room to grow, although we did just blow up the Knicks and the Cavs. Good news is we have their picks, I believe, in the second round, so those should be some pretty valuable uh, top picks. We should be able to get you know, somewhere in uh, between one and five uh, picks in that second round if we want to. We have first-round picks that we've made trades for previously. We do have a, a number of options as far as what the team is working with. And we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Although, as I say that, we've actually won five of our last eight games. So five and three over an eight-game stretch. We're actually starting to develop some chemistry. We're up to 74%. At the trade deadline, we were 49%. So let that sink in. You've, we've really started to make a jump in terms of what this team is able to do. And uh, you're, you're getting um, some close losses, which is good. Close loss to the Pacers. You had a close loss to the Bulls. Uh, you did have a, a nice win against the Hornets. And here we go. We're taking on the Pelicans. Nice win against the Pelicans. That's a team who we definitely have some of their picks for sure. So you're definitely seeing uh, 
some pretty good uh, build build up here. We are on a three four game win streak right now. Chemistry's up to eighty six percent. Make that five games as we had a blowout win against the Grizzlies. We had a pretty good win against the Spurs. A lot to like about what we're building here. We are still winning games on a nice win streak, and we've got probably not going to happen, but we're actually not that far out. I don't believe of playoff contention, which is very surprising. 36 and 41 right now. How about that? We actually technically could, well, not anymore, but we could have actually finished at 500. Uh, so we lost to the Heat two games in a row, unfortunately, relatively close games, uh, 12 points, 13 points, respectively. Here we're taking on the Hawks, and uh, ooh, a close loss to them. So it looks like uh, we've kind of run out of steam here, but you know, we had a nice winning streak, seven games, uh, six or seven games, it looks like. And we uh, just got a win against the Lakers, which is no small feat, obviously. And then we end the season with a win against the Spurs, 38-44. and 44. So the team did get better. Let's take a look at superlatives. Most improve, or sorry, most valuable player is Giannis. Rookie of the year is Jaden McDaniels. Uh, I'd be shocked if that happened. Sixth man of the year is Dennis Schroeder. Defensive player of the year is Kawhi Leonard again. And our guy, Bull Bull, is most improved. So two straight seasons, we've had the most improved player. Uh, Bull Bull, by the way, 19.6 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 1.1 blocks, 38% from the three-point, and 75 from the free-throw line. Very, very solid. And Lucas Lucas is your coach of the year. Um, there you go. Let's take a look at all NBA teams. I, we're not going to have anyone on that list. Let's just be clear. Um, all defensive, I guess it could have been possible, but probably not likely. And we, do have not, we don't have anyone on the all-rookie team. I guess our rookies weren't playing enough, as uh, that one guy demonstrated, as he was completely fed up, and he said he will never play for us again. So we got fairly close, I think, uh, to making the playoffs. Let's take a look at the actual standings, get an idea of how close we actually were. So we are in the Eastern Conference, and we just missed it by two games. And the two teams that we were close to were the Heat and the Wizards, two teams we did lose to later in the season. So very close. And, and ultimately, it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that you don't make it into the playoffs. But, I mean, it's probably not the worst thing ever if you uh, have to wait a year or two to make that next step. NBA champs end up being, surprisingly, the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, good for them. And Trey Young is your MVP. Again, we were pretty close to making the playoffs, and I think it's okay that we didn't. Uh, let's jump ahead to the offseason, take a look at league meetings. Uh, the worst team will have reduced odds of obtaining a top three pick. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. We're obviously going to reject that and just keep everything status quo. Taking a look at the draft lottery, again, we're not going to be picking in the lottery, but at least it gives us some fodder for trading. We have the 12th pick, so that's not too bad. I think that's a, a pretty good pick for us to have. We'll skip to lottery results, and wow, we jumped ahead. We actually moved up. We have the fourth pick. Wow, crazy. Of course, you know, it, it sucks that you move up when you have a team that can't actually use the picks you move up with. So there's that. And then we actually had traded for the first-round pick of Atlanta, not realizing, oh, they're going to be amazing. So that's the 31st pick now. So a bit of a mixed bag, but it gives you some options. We're going to jump through some hoops in the offseason here, get our roster laid out, see what we want to do there, and we'll come back at you at the start of the next season. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, yours for us for all things basketball, all the time, and we are Timberwolves Radio, The Howl. All right, so the roster is starting to take shape. We have uh, our starting point guard is now Ashton Hagen. He is 76 overall. We have Darren Hilliard, and we have Jameis Ramsey. 
with this roster, we have definitely decided to go the very physical route. Guys with long wingspans, uh, taller players. uh, So that's one thing to keep in mind. We then have Gary Trent Jr., Jim Agotwich, and Wendell Moore. We did, by the way, with Wendell Moore, or actually, sorry, with our small forward, Khalil Whitney, we decided to make a change to the rules a little bit. Guys do not have to be rookies, but they do have to have zero years played. Like, they haven't, they can't be uh, professional. So, zero years as a professional. So, like, if you go to a player's um, statistics, and if you go to their years pro, it has to say zero. Um, and on top of that, obviously, the player has to be undrafted or a second-round pick. But if that, if that fits, you can grab those players then. It makes it a little different. The other thing, too, is the problem you run into with 2K is that a lot of these players that you're grabbing in the second round, you don't have a choice what you're signing them to. And so you do have the ability to then sign a player or at least um, change a player's contract before he comes up on contract via the edit player. Because the problem you run into is that you can't sign some of these players. They won't let you do it because you don't have their bird rights. So uh, we do allow that change. You can actually edit a player before he is gone to extend their contract to what their contract would likely be uh, based on what their contract demands are going to be. So, for example, Daniel Turo is, is going to uh, you know run out of time soon here on this team, and he's our best player currently. So we don't want to lose him, but we don't have his bird rights. And so what you can do is if you click on that player, you can then go to Edit Player, and you can actually edit their contract and give them the standard whatever you'd want to whatever the next contract would be. So in his case, he's probably going to make I would argue at least probably fifteen million a year. So actually, if you go to edit the NBA player, you can go to contract. Then now he's in his final season as um, a player with the Wolves. All you have to do is then adjust the original contract length. You can then go to uh, extension length, and and you max that out as well. I always change the extension option to team option just to make sure that you can. And then if you go down, it'll have all the years listed there. And all you have to do is change years 2 through 5 or 2 through 6, depending on how you want to do it. Uh, Change that to what he would normally be making or what he's going to be making at that point. And so in this case... To ensure that we do not lose Daniel, because the game doesn't allow you to have bird rights on these second-round players, uh, you, you're able to still extend guys while following the drafting rule where you have to have undrafted or second-round players as part of this challenge. So that's how you do it so you don't lose these players due to uh, issues with bird rights and the game not allowing that to be part of it. And I, to me, I think that's fair, and it, it's a good kind of workaround to the issue that uh, the game has. So I just went in and changed Daniel Turo because he's, uh, he's going to run out of contract after this season. And now instead of having a contract that's just one year at a min salary, he now has a uh, additional five years. Uh, and we're talking he's making about 15 or $16 million per season. All right, so what I ended up doing then is actually uh, going in. I altered that contract a little bit more, and I looked at – comparable players just to kind of get an idea and the player I actually looked at was DeMontis Sabonis he's making you know more like 2021 million a year so we did up the ante there because you want it to be as accurate as possible you know the goal isn't to cheat the salary cap system it's just to make sure you can re-sign your your own players given that they don't give you the bird rights and that's all you're looking to do and that's an easy way to do that fix now I'm playing on Xbox and uh, for that, you just go to a player, you click A, and then go to Edit Player, and then scroll down to Contract. So they make it very simple. Uh, it's an easy solution for uh, a problem that exists just within the realm of this specific uh, this specific uh, way we're trying to do this uh, game. So 
uh, taking a look at the rest of the team just to see does anyone else fall under this same category. Uh, our starting point guard, actually, Ashton Hagen, uh, is actually in a similar boat. And we'll double-check to see if anyone else actually is listed under here. But a good example, Ashton Hagen, is only had, he only has one bird year. And so that's you know those are things just to keep in mind with players that you're getting in that second round. And, of course, there's, there's other players that this is going to probably come up for. And as it happens, uh, you just make sure to re-sign those players, and you're good to go. So uh, we're pretty much set. I think this team is, is looking pretty good at this stage. Uh, not a whole lot to be upset about. And we'll see what uh, the future brings. And uh, there's some a little bit of a breaking news here as I'm recording. But uh, both Shams and Waj have uh, started to report what's going to be coming out tomorrow with the NBA's Board of Governors. So they're having a Board of Governors meeting tomorrow. And so let's just go over some of the specifics with what they're talking about. So uh, the NBA Board of Governors has a 12.30 p.m. Eastern time call on Thursday with the intention of approving the league's plan for a 22-team return to play in Orlando, uh, sources tell ESPN. Each of the 22 teams will play eight regular season games in Orlando for seeding purposes for the playoffs, sources tell ESPN. Uh, Joining the 16 current playoff teams in Orlando would be New Orleans, Portland, Phoenix, Sacramento, and San Antonio in the West, and Washington in the East. If the ninth seed is more than four games behind the ninth, number eight makes the playoffs. Fewer than four games, a play-in tournament. So the play-in format requires a double elimination format for the eighth seed, a single elimination for the ninth seed. So these are things to keep in mind going forward, but it's very interesting. And again, it does sound like this is going to happen. They say, uh, just let's see. So the NBA is inviting 22 teams to Orlando, 13 Western Conference, 9 Eastern Conference, 8 regular season games per team, playing for the eight seeds July 31st to October 12th, the vote tomorrow to ratify the NBA is back. I mean, that's as good as it gets right there for anyone that is just itching for not only for live sports, but specifically the NBA. Obviously, we are an NBA and Timberwolves-based show, and we're on a basketball-based network, nothing but net on Dash Radio. So these are things to keep in mind. Uh, we're really excited about this, and obviously this is going to be able to bring fresh comp- content not only to our show, but just to all our shows across the Nothing But Net channel. So very cool to see, and uh, it's a good time uh, for the NBA, it looks like, and hopefully uh, these things do occur, and hopefully everything uh, goes according to plan. But time will tell on that. We're going to skip ahead now to the trade deadline and go from there. Again, you're listening to The Howl, your source for Timberwolves basketball and nothing but net on Dash Radio. All right, so it's been an interesting start so far. Uh, Here we are at the trade deadline, and um, we'll take a look and see if there's any moves to be made. Team is at 25 and 27. 96% chemistry, which is real good. I mean, I'll take 96% chemistry all day long. Let's take a look here at the roster. Sue's kind of taking those next steps. So Ashton Higgins is up to a 78. Gary Trent Jr. is an 81. Bull Bull an 81. And Daniel Turrell up to an 87 overall, which is cool to see. Uh, Khalil Whitney is up to a 78. And McCur Maker also a 78. Uh, Jim McGatwitch up to a 77. EJ Montgomery, uh, one of our rookies, is up to a 77. So uh, a lot of guys starting to improve. We're not getting the uh, the huge amount of wins that you'd necessarily hope for, but I mean overall, I would say things are working out pretty good for us uh, at, at, so far at this juncture, halfway through the season. So we're going to jump now to uh, the second half. Let's see how things go here. Uh, before we do that, let's see 
if anyone actually um, would fall under the contract extensions, and no, they do not. So we have three players that are going to be having expiring contracts. We have uh, Darnell Long. who Darnell Long is the player that um, – so he was the player we drafted. He is in his uh, second year uh, so far. And uh, let's just say it's interesting to say the least. You know, he started at a 65. He's all the way up to a 72 now. But uh, And he's – What's great about him is he's very athletic, he's tall, he's got a great wingspan, but my problem with him is that, you know, he's very upset, uh, very easily upset, and to me, uh, that's a huge red flag, and so I think all three of these players, actually, we, we probably end up letting go, we can probably replace them with better options in the draft, so we're not going to worry about trying to do any sort of extensions at this point for them, and no one else qualifies, so it's not like it matters, so we can move on from there. Yeah, we are 28 and 27, a, a nice three wins right before the All-Star break, which is good to see. Chemistry is now up to a 98%. Very cool to see that. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, thing. So the remaining schedules for the NBA uh, were recently ranked hardest to easiest at the time of suspension. So you're looking at just the rest of the season. Uh, the Grizzlies have the easiest, sorry, hardest to easiest. So Grizzlies had the most difficult. Uh, Mavs had the uh, were third, uh, Wizards fourth. Uh, Nuggets fifth, and again, this is hardest to easiest. You had the Suns, uh, Rockets, then the Jazz, Raptors, Bucks, uh, Oklahoma City, then you had Celtics, Nets. Now, of course, these are just the teams that are going to be involved in the uh, play-ons, the 22 teams. So let's see, Raptors, Bucks, Oklahoma City. You then had the Celtics, the Nets, Pacers, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, Spurs, the Heat, the Blazers, then the Sixers, Pelicans, and the easiest schedule of all of them, was the Orlando Magic. So, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. And maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll take this into account as they're making those final eight games. Um, I, I'm kind of curious about that. I think it could be something that makes sense, just given the fact that I don't think it's fair that a team that had already played a lot of their difficult games, let's say, then has to play uh, additional difficult games. But if you think about it, you're playing against the top teams in the league. Because only 22 teams are coming. So these are all the best teams. You know, the, the eighth worst teams, obviously, are not going to be involved in this. So that's something to keep in mind is that it's going to be a little tough to really have any sort of an easy schedule because every team you play is a team that's vying for that playoff spot. So honestly, I don't know that it matters a whole lot. I mean, granted, you'd rather play, let's say, you know, you'd rather play the Magic, obviously, or a team like the Kings. You'd probably rather play those teams rather than play... Uh, a team such as the Lakers, the Bucks, obviously. I mean, that's a given. So those are the things that you wonder if they'll take that into account in some way. Time will tell. By the way, we are 41 and 36 now, 100% team chemistry, which is really cool to see. I think we've got a chat, shot at making the playoffs. Now, 42 wins at this juncture. If we don't make the playoffs, I got to say, I'd be pretty surprised. But you never know. There, there's been seasons where you had to win you know, 45, 47, 48 games to make the playoffs. Uh, we're going to finish the season here at 45 and 37. Not bad. Pretty good improvement, especially given the challenge rules and the types of players that we're able to work with. So 45 and 37, 100% chemistry as the season unfolds here. Taking a look at superlatives, Giannis is your MVP. Jalen Green is your rookie of the year. We have, let's see, sixth man of the year is Dennis Schroeder. Defensive player of the year is Giannis. And most improved is R.J. Hampton. Wow, putting up some monster numbers. R.J. Hampton's with the Hornets currently. 24 points, 5.5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1.2 steals. 36% from three, 
84% from the free throw line. So very, very solid numbers there. Brett Brown is your coach of the year. Here we go. Let's see. Did anyone make the All-NBA list? It wouldn't make sense if they did uh, for our squad. But, you know, you never know. Stranger things, I guess. And uh, we do have someone that actually made the All-Rookie team. All-Rookie second team, Flint Tropics, Khalil Whitney. And he was one of those players that was technically a free agent the first year, and we signed him the second year. Uh, he was still a zero-year pro at that point. So very cool to see. And we are sitting at, we're in the East, and oh my goodness, we didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> wow. So 45 wins is not enough to make it in. That's crazy. Let's take a look at the actual standings. I mean, how close were we? Uh, what were the records of the teams that made it in? So we would have needed four. Wow. So we had the exact same record as the eight seed. Uh, they must have obviously had better head-to-head matchup uh, numbers. Uh, the Washington Wizards were the eight seed, and there were a bunch of teams right there, basically. So uh, 45 was the eight seed. 46 was the seven. And then the next, let's see how many, three teams all at 47 wins. So you're right in there. You're basically you know three games away from being the four seed, and instead you miss the playoffs. Again, it's tough to be too upset given the rules of this challenge, but it definitely is a bad taste in your mouth when you have the same record as the eight seed and it came down to head-to-head matchups. Or um, maybe it could have been, I guess, maybe it wasn't head. Maybe head-to-head we matched up and we, we tied and it went with similar opponents. I mean, there's different things that come into play when it comes to tiebreakers, so it could have been any number of those things, and I'm not going to take the time to take a look and see what specifically was uh, the issue there. Uh, so we're going to get into the offseason here, but let's see who actually ends up winning the NBA Finals. It is Memphis versus the Kings, and then you have the Sixers versus Brooklyn in the East. Ends up being Kings, Nets, and it looks like the Nets get, almost get a sweep. Nets take it four games to one over the Kings. Got to say, if the Kings somehow make the championship in 2022, I would be shocked. Uh, Kyrie Irving is your MVP. Let's see who's on this Kings roster. I'm very curious because you know who the Nets are. It's Irving. It's Durant. It's uh, apparently LiAngelo Ball. Okay. And he was one of the biggest minute getters on their team. That's ridiculous. Um, Okay. LiAngelo Ball it is. Um, Let's take a look, though, at the Kings. So Marvin Bagley, Killian Hayes, and and Josh Green, good players. Uh, And after that, it's just kind of a mishmash. You know, they've got uh, Alonzo Trier. They've got, who is this? Uh, they, they somehow have Draymond Green, but he's barely playing. Um, Isaac Bonga barely playing. Still Buddy Heald. They were able to get their hands on uh, Nikola Mirotic, getting him back into the league, and Will Barton and Cody Zeller. Interesting. Not a great, I mean, not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but somehow that team wins the West. I think that's one of the most crazy things to me is that they somehow win the West, not just that they made it to the championship. I mean, just given the way the rosters stretch out. I mean, but obviously look at the East. 45 wins doesn't get you in the playoffs. So obviously teams are, are playing pretty good. We picked the wrong time to do this challenge, apparently. There's some really, really uh, solid teams that make this a little tough. Let's take a look at the draft lottery. We have at least one pick, our own. We also have uh, a chance at a few other picks, it looks like. We are going to have the fifth pick. And it looks like the 13th pick and then also the 26th and the 30th pick. So we actually have a number of picks here in this draft. So we'll go ahead and um, jump into the offseason here. And then we'll come back at you 
let's see. Uh, we'll probably come back at around the draft time, take a look at kind of some of the options we have in that second round, and go from there. You're listening to The Howl, your source for Timberwolves Radio on Dash Radio's Nothing in That Channel, all basketball, all the time. All right, so we made sure to trade for the top picks in the second round. We have one, two, we have four, we have a, a, a splattering of others, but with our first pick, we actually got very fortunate. 19-year-old center Harold Yu, who's a B-plus prospect, actually slipped to us in the first pick in the second round. They say Yu is the type of player that understands every intricacy in the art of rebounding. Easily the best rebounder in the draft, in my opinion. I think he has a great chance to be a star at the next level. And think about that. We got him in the second round. So that's very cool. And obviously for Wolves fans, uh, understanding uh, getting a very high-value center at the first pick in the second round, think back to our guy, Nikola Pekovic. So Harold, you seven foot three, by the way, very good wingspan also. So this is a very cool pick to be able to get. We were very fortunate that he dropped that far. Now, on top of that, there's actually a couple other really high prospects. There's actually a player named Harrison Ingram, a six foot six with a seven two wingspan, a small forward, but 18 years of age and a B plus overall. I mean, to have guys that are that good drop is usually not uh, something that happens too often. And then there's another one too, a B level prospect, 19 years of age, a six foot four with a seven foot wingspan, uh, Aminu Muhammad. So these are two players that we definitely need to get our hands on. Also, by the way, great name in the second round here, Puff Johnson. I mean, come on, that's that's an all NBA 2K name. And I apologize if that's an actual person. Uh, very cool name, not ripping it at all. I think that's one of my favorite NBA uh, 2K names we've definitely ever seen. So. We'll definitely make some trades here to grab the this player that we like at the top of the second round, grab a few other guys, and we will jump into free agency. And we'll probably go through that process as well. But in order to get these draft picks, we do have to do some trading, which we will do off air and come back at you after that. All right, so we have passed options and all that. We have uh, passed qualifying offers. We are at moratorium day number one. Uh, for anyone that doesn't follow us, make sure uh, – to listen and we give some pretty good uh, tips and tricks if you are playing in my league so one thing we like to do first thing on moratorium day number one is you go over and you search by age so minimum age first and then you go by minimum salary and what you're going to get there is the players that are willing to accept two-way contracts so in this case uh, a couple guys we're going to target is tyler isley and brad nash uh, tyler isley uh, 20 years, 20 years old, 66 overall, and I've gotten him in the past, and he's become really, really good just in a single year. So we'll see if that is the case as well. Uh, one thing you can also do if you want to is once you've sorted by age and expected salary, you can go all the way over to the right on the board and take a look and see what the players' potentials are. And sometimes you can actually grab some guys that are a little higher potential that are right around that same overall or age, and they're going to become much better much quicker. So that's another thing to keep in mind as you're going through this process. So we offered both of our two-way prospects, and they both agreed. And it's pretty, I don't know that I've ever seen a two-way guy say no. If a guy's willing to accept a two-way contract, once you offer it to him, they generally accept uh, pretty quickly. Uh, so taking a look now, the other thing you want to do is make sure that when you're looking at accepted offers and you're looking at the things that you've decided to renounce or hold on to, make sure that the game has not changed that. Every so often I've seen it where, and it actually did it this time for us, where it had an issue with who we chose to keep and it wouldn't let us actually make those changes properly. Uh, this is actually one instance of that where I'm, I was choosing to keep a player and it looks like we can't keep that player 
unless we decide to not keep one of our two-way guys. So let's take a look. If we make that change, yep. So we actually have too many players right now. That's one of the things that we're looking into. Um, and we have to renounce rights. So we'll be able to sign some of these guys, but we'll have to wait until the actual free agency period starts. That's the other thing that we like to uh, make people aware of is that if you choose to re-sign your own players, so if you actually have some guys that are coming up on contract ends and you actually want to re-sign them, uh, the big thing to keep in mind is that if you do it during the moratorium, sometimes there are issues with the actual contract itself. So let's say you sign a guy to like a four-year deal. Sometimes we've seen it that in the moratorium period, it actually won't work properly. And in the end, they end up taking the qualifying offer. And so it, it's, it gets a little goofy there. So I always wait till free agency. There are the instances, of course, where other teams will offer your restricted free agents players. And you can match contracts during the moratorium. We've never had any issues with that. It's just offering brand new contracts on your own is where we've uh, tended to see there being issues if you do not wait till day one of free agency. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, let's take a look here at the uh, free agency period. We'll see if we can still get our two-way prospect that we'd like to grab. That is uh, Brad Nash. Uh, he is still available, so we will grab him if we can. And the other guy we want to try to grab is actually J.P. Evans. He was our two-way player last season, got pretty good, and he would actually put us at 15 players. So we'd actually be pretty much set if we can grab him. So let's take a look at what he's looking to get and see if we have the uh, money to do so. The issue we run into is that we are uh, over the cap right now, and we don't have the bird rights for any players. So the only guy actually that we're looking to re-sign is this J.P. Evans, and he's a two-way prospect. So while I believe he's a restricted free agent, he is not a player that actually qualifies for bird rights because you know we haven't had him for three years or more. I believe he's listed as a uh, shooting guard or a small forward. So we'll take a look, and you can kind of search through there. We'll get him re-signed, and then we'll come back at you once we finish the rest of the offseason, and uh, we'll start the next season and see how things go. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel, and we are the Howl, your source for Timberwolves and NBA coverage. All right, so we made it to the 2022-2023 season. A uh, number of things to look at as we're jumping into this season. Uh, we'll go, um, obviously, over the roster. We have Ashton Hagen, Jameis Ramsey, and Sid Sykes is actually a point guard. Actually gets pretty good in this game, and he actually has two years left in Europe, but he does end up being a very good prospect, and you can generally get him in the second round. So definitely worth grabbing him. We then have Gary Trent Jr., of course, Jim McGatwitch, Wendell Moore, and Aminu Muhammad, the player we just drafted. We have Khalil Whitney, Harrison Ingram that we just drafted, and then, of course, Tyler Isley, uh, the two-way prospect. We have Daniel Arturo, who's all the way up to an 89 overall now. We have EJ Montgomery, J.P. Evans, who unfortunately we are only able to sign to the qualifying offer, so we'll probably lose him after this season. And then the other two-way prospect, Brad Nash. Centers, of course, Bull Bull, Maker Maker, Harold Yu, the rookie, and then Dayron Sharp. So those are the roster that we're looking at. I'm curious to see if we go over to standings. Let's take a look at the power rankings. So NBA.com, they have us as 11, which is pretty good. Not a bad place to be at. Taking a look at 2K Sports, they have us, uh, oof, they are not liking us. They have us dead last, 31st. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I guess you never know. And then Eric Benish, he has us at 11th as well. I think 11th is pretty solid uh, based on how we finished last season. I think we're going to be towards the top of the league, at least uh, playoff bound. We should be anyways. 
here we go, jumping in to the start of the season. As usual, we'll try to get to the trade deadline and go from there. We'll see what happens. I think this team could be pretty good. Uh, actually started off the season 3-0 and so far. Very high chemistry numbers as well, which is good to see. Who knows? Maybe this will be one of those teams that just surprises us and makes makes a big run. I do think they make the playoffs, and I do think they win at least one round of the playoffs. This will probably be the final season that we actually go over this week, and we'll move on to um, maybe doing this maybe doing this again next week. We'll see. A lot of it's going to depend on uh, what happens after that Board of Governors meeting tomorrow. If the league does get uh, jumped in, what's going to happen then? Um, you know, another guy that covers the Wolves, Dane Moore, actually had this idea. He talked about how at the Wolves practice facility, they have lots of cameras set up. I mean, lots of them. And so it would be easy enough for the team to decide we're going to actually show um, scrimmages uh, that, you know, over the offseason when they have inter-squad scrimmages. Because otherwise, there's going to be, uh, I think he said it was around 298 days uh, between games when the Wolves finally play again come I believe the next season is supposed to start around Christmas time. So if you put that into perspective, we've got a long ways to go before any of that is going to happen. But I think that's going to be something that they should actually look at. I, for one, would for sure watch inter-squad scrimmages. It would be fun to see how the players have progressed uh, just in terms of, uh, for example, how about Jared Culver shooting free throws or Wancho Hernan Gomez shooting free throws for that matter. Um, there's just certain storylines that I'm very interested to see. Now, again, of course, uh, squad scrimmages are are not going to be the same as real games, but at least it's some sort of Timberwolves content that is new and fresh that people that are fans of the team can watch. I mean, as a season ticket holder, it would be nice to see uh, what's going on with the team and just get a better sense. The other thing, too, is if you're telling me you have these 22 teams that are going to get to do like training camps, they're going to get to play actual regular season games and then playoff games, to me, that's a huge advantage over teams, those other eight teams that are already obviously you know not one of the better teams in the league. And especially, look at the, look at the Timberwolves. They made so many changes right around the trade deadline that they have basically a new squad that's barely played any games together. And I think they have the option or they should have a way to play some sort of game. So uh, hopefully they're allowed to have at least a training camp at a minimum. Uh, to me, that would be the only fair thing that they have some sort of a way to play basketball games. Um, uh, I'll tell you right now, the other thing would be kind of fun. They're not going to do it obviously, but uh, some sort of way to have those eight teams play games um, either in the same site or in a separate site. That's, that's something uh, just off the top of my head to me. Uh, it, I do think it is at least a little bit of an advantage uh, come December uh, for the teams that got to continue playing, got to continue uh, gelling chemistry-wise, uh, you know, getting those games in. Of course, the end of next season, are we going to have a different tune? Are the teams that did not have to play as many games going to be a little fresher? Uh, that's the other thing you kind of wonder. So time will tell on that. Uh, taking a look at our team, I've got to say, not happy with the results. Uh, a lot of losses. Uh, we were sitting at 19 and 20. Now 20 and 20 with tw or sorry with 90% chemistry. I really expected us to be better than this. I gotta say I'm pretty shocked that the results have been this poor. Um, it's a mix. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of what teams we're beating. Uh, we're losing to teams. You know, we lost to the Mavericks. We lost to the Grizzlies. Some of the up and coming teams. Uh, then you're getting some nice wins against the Nets, the Nuggets. So uh, it's really goofy, and it, it's kind of odd to watch. 
not consistent. That's been my biggest thing. Although right now, on a midst of a four-game winning streak, make it five games, and a couple of those teams are pretty good. The Sixers are in that list, the Celtics. So you got some pretty good basketball. But then you get blown up by the Wizards. So I don't know. I And then you, you lose by uh, 10 to the Pacers. You know, these are teams that you need to be able to beat if you're going to take that next step. Here we go. We're taking on the Knicks. We get a win against the Knicks, all right? That, we'll take it. Um, it's not ideal. You know, you want to be able to win more games, and you want to be able to take that next step. But we have not done that yet. And we're still losing games at, at too high of a rate for me. 27-23, and 23, though, right now uh, at 96% chemistry. Uh, just had a close loss right before the trade deadline to the Houston Rockets. All right, let's take a look at the roster and get an idea of what we're working with here. So is there anyone that we want to look to trade or a player that we just don't think long-term is going to make any sense or be a part of the roster? Uh, J.P. Evans is a name that comes to mind. I don't think he's going to make it because we're just not going to have the means to re-sign him. He's also anxious. He does not want to be here, it looks like, probably because he's not playing much. Uh, Let's take a look at the coaching game plan. So the way we have it set up, Ashton Hagen is our starting point guard. No shock there. We then have uh, Jim Agatwich, Khalil Whitney, Daniel Arturo, and Bull Bull. I think the surprising thing is Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench. Uh, Is he okay with that? Um, That's going to be interesting to me. Let's take a look and see what it says in his bio. Is he okay with coming off the bench? He says, I have a lot to offer a team. I'm thinking it might be wise to see what I'm worth on the open market. He is, uh, I feel upbeat with how things are going. My usage in the last few games has been good. So overall, he's okay. His morale's not great. It's down by the 75 mark. But overall, I would say he's pretty happy. Most of the players seem like they're in pretty good spirits. Obviously, our uh, rookies maybe aren't playing as much, although Ingram's getting pretty good minutes. And is anyone else making the cut? So Ingram and you are not playing. And then um, that's really... The only they must have so we do have another rookie on the squad. He must have actually been sent down to the G League. Let's see. Uh, yep. So Aminu Muhammad, he is fed up. He is pissed, and he is down in the G League, and he's not having it. So uh, whatever that tells us, I guess. You know, I'm sorry, man, but you're playing a position that we didn't necessarily need. Um, and what are you going to do? You're sitting here on a team that maybe that's you know what? In fact, that's probably another guy that we should look to move because. We don't need these players that are are not going to be able to contribute. And long-term, we have other better options at the shooting guard position. So to me, it makes sense to move on from some of these guys. So first, we'll look at J.P. Evans. He's a guy that uh, is not playing much, would like to get out, and we're not going to be able to re-sign him. Uh, A good young prospect, just 21 years of age, 76 overall, which is nice to see he's making progress this season. So the key is going to be we need to find someone that is going to get us some sort of a value. So here we go. Torrey Craig we could trade for. He gets us a second-round pick in addition to just a player. Doesn't make a ton of money. And actually, I think he has some trade value. Gets us a second-round pick. Now, of course, we cannot keep Torrey Craig. We have to immediately go and try to trade him to a different team. That's going to be the, the key here is that he does not fit the qualifications for somebody that we can actually use. Now, again, he's not that good in the game you know, to a point where he's not worth trying to actually use anyway. So it's not like we're losing anything by having to get rid of this guy. And there is no value to him currently. So all we're going to have to do with, with Torrey Craig is we're just going to have to drop him. So that's easy enough. He barely makes any money. Not that worried about him. Now, Aminu Muhammad, uh, 20 years old, 75 overall, that's pretty good value, and we should be able to get some sort of a a good return, hopefully, 
uh, in the term of draft picks, maybe some sort of um, here we go. So the Atlanta Hawks are offering us a lottery protected first for Aminu Muhammad and a second round pick. We do have to take on Gary Payton the second, but that's another player that does not fit the rules of this challenge. And so we would just end up dropping him right away. The Dallas Mavericks, another team willing to include a first round pick with a player, a player that would not qualify. And so that would be another instance of a player we would just end up dropping. Uh, one interesting pick here, the Blazers are willing to do a top five protected first and Felicio for Muhammad and a second. To me, that's worth it. You can then trade Felicio and then we can use that um, first round pick to actually trade for future second round picks. So it gives you uh, uh, some nice ammunition to obviously make your team a little better. Let's take a look at what it's going to take now to move on from Felicio and to move on from the other player we grabbed, which is Tory Craig. I'm going to try to pair both those two players together and see if that gives us any sort of uh, extra uh, trading bonus in terms of having a little more salary cap room or money to work with in terms of salary matching. So let's take a look here. If anyone is willing to take on that money, looks like so far a few teams are, but you're not going to get anything of value back. And so at this point, it's just worth it to drop both Craig and Felicio. Now we will have to likely replace them because we're not going to have enough players on the roster to meet the 14 minimum. So Tory Craig, we're going to release to free agency. If a team picks him up in the next two days, then we would not be on the hook for that money. But again, it doesn't really matter at this point just because we aren't worried about salary cap. It just kind of is what it is at this point, and that's not really a concern of ours. Now, if we go in to the free agent class, let's take a look and see if anyone qualifies uh, for able to uh, grab them on. So Walker Kessler is a center that could make some sense, an interesting prospect. 20 years of age, a 74 overall, which is pretty good uh, for a center prospect. Seven foot is his height, hopefully a decent wingspan, but unfortunately the way 2K is set up, you actually can't look at a player's wingspan, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you can't look at his player's wingspan in the normal, uh, basically, player screen. Now, the one thing that would be interesting, can you edit a player and can you actually look at his wingspan there? That would be kind of interesting to me. So let's see. If we go to body, it is height and weight only in terms of editing. Now, can we do it maybe in appearance? Um, it looks like appearance does not work either. So let's take a look maybe at tributes and see if they have it listed under there. Nope, that's just going to be all that kind of standard stuff, layups, uh, things of that nature. I'm, I'm a little surprised that you can't make any changes other than height. Uh, to a player. And and again, we're not trying to actually make changes. We just really wanted to see what he's working with in terms of wingspan, size, that sort of thing. So if we go to vitals, I figure it's worth it to at least take a look and see if they have anything listed there and they do not. So it looks like there's no way to there's no way to change that necessarily uh, as far as I can tell anyways. And uh, there's also not a way to see what it is then at that point, which is a little unfortunate. Uh, to me, I thought it had been kind of cool if you could make some changes there and then at least see what you're working with in terms of arm length. But uh, it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, other positions we do have. A lot of these guys, the problem we run into that we're looking at as available free agents is they want too much money. And so that's a little tough. Um, probably we might have to grab guys that are probably more of two-way prospects that are going to be uh, zero-year pros as well. So looking at that list, 
is uh, there's a 21 year old, 68 overall, uh, a center, a seven foot one, which is pretty good. We could try that route. Uh, seven foot two. There's another player. Both qualify as they are both zero year pros, and they were both undrafted. So actually, that would work, and that would be one way we could actually sign someone that fits the challenge. The guy's not going to play, so it's not like it's a, a big issue there. But at least you're able to uh, grab a guy. Uh, for a minimum amount, and he fits the bill. That does put us, by the way, at 14 players, and we can continue on the rest of the season. So, again, we're sitting at 27 and 24. Before we move on, does anyone qualify? It looks like everybody that we have currently is actually ineligible as far as extensions are concerned. What we'll do is we'll uh, take a break quick here and take a look and see if anyone actually needs to be uh, updated in terms of their contract because, again, like we talked about, Bird rights do not work with second-round players. So we'll take a look at that, and then we will come back at you in just a few. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But That channel. All right, so we are all set up contract-wise. Here we go into the second half of the season. We are going to pass the trade deadline because we're good to go at this point. We made our additional moves and made the changes to our contracts. So here we go in the start of the season, or start of the second half, um, almost actually not even the second half because we have not hit the all-star break yet, but post-trade deadline, so far two wins, oof, get a loss, 133-140, to 140. not a lot of defense being played there, and then we did have a close loss to the Magic, which is definitely not ideal. We are sitting now at 30-26, and 26, 94% chemistry, which is good to see. We'll definitely take that number, and then we... Uh, Hopefully we can start some sort of a winning streak here in the second half of the season because if not, I think we have a chance. We're probably going to miss the playoffs yet again, which this challenge is tough, but we've got a pretty solid squad. Good coaching staff, a pretty good base in terms of a team. We've got a couple players that are now in the high 80s, which is good to see. Now, they are big men, and obviously in the NBA, that's not necessarily ideal. You know, There's a reason why when you look at draft classes, centers just are not worth what they used to be. We've talked about it before on this show, and that is that centers are kind of like the NFL uh, and running backs. It's just one thing to keep in mind uh, when you're looking at some of these classes and looking at our roster specifically. Two of our best players are Bull Bull and Daniel Aturo, obviously both big men. And not necessarily uh, in terms of Daniel Aturo, not necessarily a modern big man, although we have upgraded his skill set quite a bit uh, since he did enter the league. 36-32 and 32 is our record now, 98% chemistry. We still got an outside chance to make the playoffs, but we do need to go on a run. We're currently on a three-game winning streak, and just like that, we lose a close one to the Nets. The Nets, of course, are a tough task. They've got a really good team with Kyrie Irving, and they just won the championship. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they've got other players. I mean, it's a really solid squad. Ooh, a couple tough losses, though. Close ones, but the Hornets and the Suns, those are teams you cannot afford to lose to if you're going to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, you just can't do it. Now we're coming up with the Pistons, Raptors, and Spurs. We've got a nice win against the Pistons. We're at 40 wins now. It's going to be close. And, in fact, another loss to the Raptors. It's looking like, uh, yeah, we're going to finish with a worse record than we did last season, 100%. We're going to be actually probably fortunate to even finish with a 500 record. Let's take a look. All right, 41 and 38. Still got an outside chance. We will for sure finish with 500 at a minimum. We just beat the Kings, close loss to the Lakers. We This is a team, unfortunately, uh, for us, we just clearly didn't want it. I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. We finished the season strong with two wins, 43-39. and 39. We have a 90—we're in the 90 percents for chemistry. Let's take a look at superlatives. 
MVP is Giannis. Caleb Love is your Rookie of the Year. Kobe White is your sixth man. Giannis is your Defensive Player of the Year. John Moran is most improved. And Lloyd Pierce is yet again your Coach of the Year, 54-28. and 28. Let that sink in, by the way. So Coach of the Year in this game goes to the team with the best record. That's only 11 games better than what we finished. So I think that kind of tells you there's a lot of parity in the league right now, uh, at least in our simulation, that is. Uh, All-NBA, uh, wow, John Morant, first-team All-NBA. Very cool to see for him. Uh, no one makes the list for us. That's not surprising. How about rookies? Do any of our rookies make the list? Ah, Harrison Ingram does make the list. All-rookie second team. That is two seasons in a row now where we have actually hit that mark. Very cool to see there. Let's take a look. Did we make the playoff? We did. We made it as the eighth seed. Wow. You know, I was sitting here ripping on the Hornets a little bit. No joke, the Hornets. Wow. They are the number one seed in the East. This could be a little tough. Uh, let's take a look and see what we're able to do here. Game number one goes to Charlotte. Uh, it's maybe not looking good. Game two goes to Charlotte. Let's take a break here and take a look at the box scores from these games. Game number two, wow, we got absolutely blown out of the water. R.J. Hampton just dominating right now. Terrence Clark, another guy putting up monster numbers. Terrence Clark, by the way, a triple-double, 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 dimes. For the Tropics, let's take a look and see who played well for us. Uh, McCurr Maker with a nice double-double. Daniel Oturo, close to a double-double, but just could not get there. Ashton Hagen, our starting point guard, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. It's 4 assists and 3 turnovers. That's not going to get the job done. The one thing I will say, though, is every single player that played minutes, except for our backup center who only played one single minute, uh, everyone else had assists. So if you actually look at that, 22 total assists uh, for our team, just 26 for the Hornets. So actually not that bad. We don't have one guy getting a lot of those statistics. But as a team, you're putting up some pretty good combined numbers. Here we go. Now the rest of these, or next two games, will be here well, for the Flint Tropics. These are home games. And here we go. We're going to simulate. Game one goes to us. Game two goes to us. We have tied it up two games to two. Let's take a look. I got to see some of these box scores. So the game we just won, Bowl Bowl with a 29-7 and seven game. Uh, Ashton Hagen with 25-4-3. Good to see. Uh, Daniel Turo, by the way, 16 points but only four rebounds. Uh, McCurr Maker getting the job done off the glass again and probably one of our best players. So McCurr Maker with 8, 7, and 5 with just a single turnover. And then Khalil Whitney with 12, 4, and 9 with a single turnover. I mean, guys are putting up numbers, and that's how you're going to win basketball games. Here we go back to Charlotte for this next game. And who takes it? We take it, and we are now up three games to two. Four games to two make it, and we move on to the second round for a team that barely made it into the playoffs. That is very cool to see. Uh, I got to see that box score. Who was getting uh, the job done? Khalil Whitney dominating it again. Bull Bull with some solid numbers, but Khalil Whitney, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Very cool to see, and it's a good thing that we made sure to re-sign him to a long-term deal. Second round, we are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, the four seed. This is going to be a tough matchup for us. Are we going to be able to make it make it to that next uh, next second? All right, here we go. 1-0, we are down. 2-0, we are down. 3-0, we are down. And we have been swept, unfortunately. Giannis gets the job done. He is, of course, the powerhouse with those with that Bucks team right now. Uh, let's take a look at the last game that we lost at that box score. 
Uh, Khalil Whitney really struggled. That hurt. Bull Bull put up a monster game yet again. Uh, McCurr Maker was pretty good. I will say Daniel Oturo, for being our best player in terms of overall number, just does not show up in enough games. And if that's not going to change, I mean, it's going to continue to be, uh, let's be nice, a mixed bag, so to speak. And hopefully things change there. Uh, that's where we're going to leave it for this week's edition of The Howl. We'll come back uh, with more of this probably next week because I'm interested to see. Let's see. Can it be done? Can you take a team where you can only use zero-year pros, second-round picks, and undrafted free agents? So you can't use anyone that was drafted in the first round. I mean, there's lots of really difficult rules with this challenge that make this a lot of fun. So I, I encourage anyone to, else to try this challenge. Let us know at the Howl Radio or at the Sportsman. You can hit me up on Twitter let us know what you uh, what you try. See if any of these challenges that we've been doing work for you and how successful or um, how unsuccessful were you at trying these challenges. Uh, that's going to do it for The Howl. Remember, we're on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel every Wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m. and every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, and those are both Central Standard Time. You can also follow us if you miss any part of our show on Dash Radio. Make sure that you follow along. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Podient, anywhere great podcasts are found. And until next week, let me get a howl.